studio via zoom with a cast of no not quite thousands but we got a nice crew here and uh between the break we were talking uh weapons uh play last episode it turns out that there are a lot of young children heading back into the classrooms who maybe haven't been around other human beings uh let alone peers for a while beyond beyond family um and that has presented some sounds like unique challenges to the people working with those children. So uh, let's jump in and talk about that. Somebody, somebody tell me a story about what they're dealing with and we'll go from there. Even in, uh, from the transition, when we left school in March to having kids come back for a little bit, our program, we were out until November and they came back hybrid. So they were there every other day. It took us substantially longer to get them used to like dealing with others in the classroom, being, being social with their peers, not just getting exactly what they want when they want it and all these times and how to converse with someone their own age. They really just struggled with it and didn't understand why is this other person not talking to me the way my brother does, the way my older sister does? Why, why is it so different in this, this new place than it has been at my house? I I don't want to well, I, I mean, this might sound like I'm poking fun at this, but it, it's totally not. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, that thing where I mean, I, rem- I grew up watching uh, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Um, and they, every once in a while, they'd re- reintroduce a, a wild animal back into the wild and they had to like re-socialize them into into their 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 natural environment. And that, it sounds a little bit like that's what's been going on with with some kids, huh? Nobody can hear you guys nodding on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you mean my head doesn't rattle? <laughs> um, okay, that joke made me forget what I was going to say. Sorry. Well, so we'll just wait till somebody else has something to say. So my center, I work with three-year-olds at the moment. And my center has been, we started back in... July of 2020 but we started out like we allowed our parents to be able to choose whether or not they're going to bring their kids back and if they weren't they could pay to have their spot held and everything and so it was a lot of reintroducing and then we'd get closed because someone was exposed and so then it was a lot of reintroducing and then we get closed because someone was exposed to COVID. None of us actually, like none of the kids got it and only a couple of the teachers had it, which was great, but it really put a toll on our children. Like my, our um, young preschool classroom, which is like three to four they have been going through several transitions with teachers and then having to come back from school to, or coming back from home to school or going back from school to home for like a month has really, their behavior has like taken a plunge in regards to how they act in the classroom, how they treat each other. It's a lot of, um, I guess you could say it's like, um, corralling cats is essentially how it goes. And so we spent a lot of time just reminding ourselves that, okay, 
They've had big changes. Let's take deep breaths. Let's help them work through these emotions and say, all right, it's okay to feel this way. I understand that you're feeling this way and everything like that, but. It's I call like, it Groundhog Day. <laughs> Just yeah. go starting over and over and over and over. <laughs> we got <Yeah>. nowhere. <laughs> that sounds um, exhausting. It was. It is. So it, exhausting. It's, it, it's still going on. And so it's, it's, yep. it's reintroducing them to, to each other. And how many of you had kids in masks that you were dealing with too? Because I mean, I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't experience it, but I'm guessing just not being able to read each other's faces couldn't have made it any easier for, for those social interactions, huh? There was a plus side with that, though, because our faces were covered. We could hide our expressions a lot easier. <laughs> Let me tell you, though, the kids in my program are really good at reading my expressions with my mask on. Um, I have to be masked all the time with children because I have contact with more than one cohort. Um, and yeah, I forget to over emote with the upper half of my face and they still are reacting as if they're seeing my whole face. So um, they're pretty adaptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're incredibly resilient. And I found out for my, my, myself here, here in Iowa, it's been a couple of months now, they, uh, they got rid of the mask at the grocery store and that kind of stuff. And, and my relationship with my butcher and cashier have gotten a lot better now that we look at each other's faces when we when we talk in our brief interactions. And so it, it's got to have an impact on the kids. And so what what else is going on? with the the reintroduction of children into these social experiences that you're dealing with what other what other struggles have there been anybody got any stories so we've got sorry um we've got uh i live in a place where most people have access to 12 to 18 months mat leaves and so we've got a bunch of you know infants and toddlers who have basically being in isolation with their family for their whole entire lives and now they're coming here um, we had an 18 month old come to visit the other day and I don't think she'd ever seen someone her own size before and she just was so fascinated by all of these other like animate objects walking around that were her size um, it, yeah it's it's interesting to see that it's interesting also to see how um how anxious the parents are about uh their children coming to our program after having not had contact outside of their immediate family for basically their entire lives sometimes it's the the parents who are more worried about oh will they be able to attach to a new caregiver um, and that kind of thing if they haven't had practice you know being around other people um, but generally it's it's been going fairly well. I don't think we have more um, like separation crying on the children's part than we would normally with that age group. Everybody else experiencing the same thing or has it been different for others? I was really fortunate because um, we were in person uh, all year long and um, I had a lot of returning students. So um, our class sizes were smaller, 
typically I would have 40 students between an AM and a PM class. Um, my morning class, I only had five students. Um, and I think three, three of them were returning students. Um, one was a sibling of a student I had the year before. So he was real familiar. Same thing with my afternoon class. It was like seven students that were returning. So for them, it was really kind of like, yeah, we're wearing a mask, but we're back with all of our friends again. So it was really kind of, you know, um, gave them a sense of uh, normalcy. Um, we had to, of course, you know, kind of figure out the whole, um, you know, just wearing the mask and the frequent hand washing and all of that part of it. But I think this upcoming school year, because I'm, I've, I'm going to lose all those kids because now they're going off to kindergarten. So now this will be my year with all my, I'll have a couple returning, but not many this will be the year where I'll have the students that have really been affected by the last, you know, 18 months. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I'm really interested to see how, um, how that's going to, you know, be in our classroom and just the tone and, you know, how it'll feel. And um, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting for sure. I, I mean, there's always been that kid that'll show up when they're three or four who spent their first three or four years with grandma or something like that. And, and, and so it takes a lot of adjustment for that child, but this sounds like it's a, a whole room full of, full of that kid. And so are you noticing that there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's been talk since the beginning of all of this about learning loss and those kind of things. Are you noticed that four-year-olds are, are not, developmentally where four-year-olds have been in the past or, or, or everybody seems to be where they're supposed to be on that kind of thing? Are you noticing that the, the family attachments are, are stronger because the kids have spent more time with family? Any, any observations on those kind of things? So I, like I was saying before, I went back to teaching at last fall. So I'm going into my second year. So <clears throat> I, from listening to the, all the other teachers, they were like, oh, it, like the kids didn't know like how to even like, like take a marker cap off. They would just stare at it because they apparently at home, sometimes they're not allowed to use markers. It's another topic, but um, so, you know, <laughs> it was interesting to watch. Like they really at four years old, didn't know how to do that or they didn't, they've never played with Play-Doh because at home, that's a messy thing. So at Play-Doh, you know, they didn't know. So academically, like they're not, their hands aren't strong anymore. Like your three-year-olds aren't doing the slime play and the, the Play-Doh and grappling, grappling stuff anymore and punching paper or whatever, or crumpling it because they weren't doing it at home. They were sitting and most likely watching their iPads and TV and parents admit it to us. They're like, well, here you go. Get them caught up for kindergarten now. And you're Bye. Like, I mean, they really are going bye-bye <laughs> and it is interesting, but their motor skills aren't there. So you can't even hit on the academics and some of them know their numbers because they've been watching it on something on PBS or Nickelodeon or any of those ed educational shows. But I mean, they, they definitely know their cartoons more than their, their academics and, the, and that's okay. I mean, you can make it work, but 
it's their, their hands, their hands are weak. That's, that's the biggest thing I noticed was their hands are weak. I see some heads nodding of others experienced that. that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had some returners, but even being gone for six months, um, I had a lot of English language learners as well. So a lot of immigrant families, sensory was huge. We could not, I'm not saying we could get past it, but it was immersed. Everything we did was water play, shaving cream play. Yeah. Lisa Murphy all the way. Um, Play-Doh. It was, it was everything that we could get our hands on to get those, those muscles working and they really couldn't get beyond anything else. So where you could build some of those other, other skills, it was just, just not happening. Um, I could see this next year having a lot of kiddos who, who can't even just read emotions, basically, like they would gain from zero to three. You know, masks alone, they're not, they're not seeing a whole lot um, in public or from other people. They're going to know their families, but there, it's going to be a lot of groundwork that we may have had some set up before that's not going to happen this year. It, I mean, it's like they haven't been exposed to as many variables as they, they are when they're out in the world, as many different ways of, of being as, as a different, lacking the experiences. And, and again, back to, back to somebody mentioned the screen time, if your, your only physical interaction is running your finger along a piece of glass on an iPad, that, that kind of limits the, uh, the amount of physical development you're going and you're, you're engaging in. And kiddos come in with, of course, their own set of autonomy, you know, that it's all about them, sure. but it's going to be a lot higher than that because grandma and grandpa have had, you know, one or two kiddos all to themselves. It's going to be that they're going to expect a lot of that one-on-one and all about me that they're going to have to overcome. Asking for that shovel is going to be much more difficult. Yeah. And I mean, we, we all want the one-on-one and as much of that as we can have, but that's not really the reality of, uh, of of life for most kids in in most situations and so that gets that gets to be a a hard adjustment our classrooms are 20 to 2 so definitely it's not going to happen so anybody come up with any any special strategies for for helping them get get quote unquote caught up that are working i'll start in september (laughs) (laughs) having some downtime waiting for resting up for it huh we do a lot of scripted stories with pictures um things like you know when i feel excited and when i feel happy and when i feel angry and when i feel worried um with photos in them and talking about uh situations where somebody might feel that way um and that seems to help a little bit. Um, it helps to uh, let the children kind of identify their own emotions and start to recognize them on other people. Debbie Thurber, did you have something? I did. Um, my situation was I'm a family home provider and I was fortunate to the point where I didn't have to close and I'm known as kind of being a rebel. But um, we chose not to wear any masks. We tried to keep our situation as normal as possible. I did get a waiver to take on um, school-aged children when all the schools closed in Washington. And so when I had them, I had our own little classroom, we set things up and they were learning. And I was kind of supplementing what the teachers were giving them because I figured they weren't getting what they were supposed to do and what they were learning and stuff. So there was, 
some of them went back to school with a mask situation and then a couple stayed with me and they did the rest of the schooling for the year. And then this summer, when those school age kids were able to come back to me because I still had my waiver, I noticed there was a big gap between what the ones that were at school and what they learned than what the ones that stayed with me and what I was able to get across to them. And the anxiety part that I'm noticing now, it's, it's they don't wanna go back to school. They rather stay with me and have that familiar, be familiar and they're more stressed and worried for going back to school and they're gonna to have to wear their mask where at Debbie's house, they didn't have to wear their mask and, and things like that. And the parents are more stressed out and worried about the schools closing again and they just don't know what to do. So. This might be a topic for another show or something, but the whole idea of the kids not are falling behind. They're, they're not getting what, I mean, there is going to be gaps and, and, and probably what we think they should have gotten by now and what they haven't. But I really want to look at what they've gained beyond that. You know, for some of the older kids, it is the technology that they've been able to have exposure to and learn new, new skills in that. But for the littles, what, what have they gained overall? Is, is there something? Anybody ask that question? I think they're more empathetic with each other already at age, because I had three-year-olds, I'm going to pre-K this year, but they were definitely more in tune with feelings. And so if a friend was sad, you know, usually you'll have the one that'll go by the crier and maybe give them a lobby or something. Now you'd have like three or four come to each other. So there's definitely, because they've been nurtured by a lot of times, like you were saying, grandparents and being at home with their parents, I think there was more snuggle time, more cuddles and things like that. So definitely out of the 12 I had, they were more in tune to each other and kinder than what, I mean, kids are kind anyway, but kinder, like, I don't know how to explain it, but empathetic, I think is the word. I think we're going to have really in tune to feelings, kids coming these next generations. I'm the older too. I saw some heads nodding. Anybody else experienced that? Well, sorry, pardon the dog. Um, I think that this whole thing has flipped a lid on how schools and people look at academics and they're starting to focus more on the social emotional aspect which is really helping kids gain that empathy and they're realizing that oh man yeah they can catch up on academics later in life but that social emotional piece is really important to get at a young age and it's really important for them to have that experience to be able to tell if someone is upset and to ask them, hey, I see that you're upset. Is there anything that I can do to help you feel better and everything, which is one thing that my school does. Instead of having the kids say, you're sorry, we have them go up and say, are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help make the situation better, to help make you feel better? Because saying sorry, can kind of become a 
all right, I said, sorry, we're good. Done so. Yep, actually, but actually going through the process helps them understand like, okay, wow, they're really crying. All right, what can I do to help make that feel better? And then you do the same thing for that child if they get hurt. You're like, all right, you didn't like it when they hit you and then you hit them. So now we have to check on them and find out what we can do to make them feel better. So it, it sounds like kids who spent this time away from the early learning programs in environments where they were were being nurtured and had strong relationships are, are coming out maybe a little bit ahead, maybe maybe a little bit behind academically, but on the social emotional side, uh, sounds like they're benefiting. But then, I mean, just looking at the news, the increase in suicides and adult depression and adult drug use that seems to have been going on uh, around the world um, during during the pandemic. Um, kids in those situations probably ended up uh, maybe maybe missing out, huh? I, I, I don't know. Is anybody dealing with kids in those situations? I think it highlights an already broken system. I mean, if you look at the, the Olympic gal, Simone, how she, you know, just said yesterday, I'm done and it's my mental health. That has exploded because she highlighted that. I don't know if it was a, a PR move or something, but it was a good way to go because it's, it's like I said, it's highlighted a system that's already not where, not where it should be. Yeah. 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 So people I, are, Oh, go ahead. I feel I, like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I feel like a lot of my parents are, who are very, they're English language families. They're very motivated on their child learning English, their child learning their letter, all sorts of on and on we were able to explain it like this. It doesn't matter this year. Like all we want is that social emotional learning. This will help them in kindergarten. They're going to learn it in kindergarten. Their teacher in kindergarten is going to teach them again. Anyway, you know, working with it, you want them in, in a mindset where they can tell you what's wrong. Uh, unfortunately, one of our students had a father um, overdose this year, this school year. And so when he came in to, with us and he was having these big feelings, his sister would come out like we did zoom we did virtual preschool. It was a mess, but we did it. Um, and his sister would have to come on and be like, he can't come today. He's crying a lot. And so the program rerun, we wished him well, and he can come back when he's feeling ready and more well, uh, ready to welcome us. Cause that's more important than him uh, learning colors that day. It doesn't matter. So we're, we were able to encourage that mental health and social emotional to our parents, to our students a little more than academics this year, at least in our program. Uh, that's, that's got to be tough. Somebody else had something? Um, yes, I, we do uh, conscious discipline uh, where I am. And so that's a big um, thing. We had a child this year. Uh, we normally have 16 kids. We ended up with 13. Um, next year, we'll go back up to 16. But um, we started late, but everyone wore masks, teachers and kids the whole school year. Um, and the kids had no problems with it. It was the parents who kept forgetting the masks or the second or third mask because their little Susie liked to chew hers or, you know, lick in it or wipe her lunch in it. Or, you know, that was the part that we had problems with. But we had one little boy in our class that really couldn't handle his emotions, very sensory and would get overwhelmed easily. And I was um, 
our class was so good with him. They didn't label him as the, you know, oh, we don't want to play with him because he's just going to knock our stuff down or he's going to scream at us or he might hit us or they, they would come at it like, Hey, no, we want to play with you. Will you come play this game with me? Or, um, you know, he'd be in the corner um, sad and they would all go up to him and chuck on him. Um, so I, I found that they, like um, Jennifer was saying that they are more empathetic, um, quicker in, in a empathetic setting. Um, I think my kids also got um, more time with their parents. They, they weren't out with older siblings going to soccer and dance and did, 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 did. So you didn't have the family dinners because you had something every single night. And that three, four, five-year-old was just coming along for the ride. They might not necessarily have had some activity for themselves. So they were just being pushed to go. So I think they've, everything has slowed down. Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of the families I worked with last year. So the, um, it was harder for the parents um, to drop their kids um, every morning. We didn't let them come in the building. We came outside, met each class and walked them in. So the parents never came into our building all school year last year. And it was harder on the parents than the kids. Yeah. The kids were like, bye. Uh, you know, so I, they were like, my friends are here. I haven't seen them in forever. Mm -hmm. I'm just excited to be at school. Um, so, and as I said, before we started this, that the, um, yes, we learned academic stuff, but um, uh, we did tons of that sensory stuff. We were, the one thing we were still allowed to do sensory wise was shaving cream. And my director bought cans and cans and cans and cans of shaving cream and we froze it. We, um, uh, it's so cool when you freeze it, you have to freeze it and touch it. Like I just wanted to play in it. It was so cool. And the kids loved it, but we did so many things with it um, because we knew that was something we could for sure use. We were allowed to use water. We just had to put tons of soap in it. Um, and we had at least two sensory tables up with something different, most likely three uh, because our kids needed that sensory overload, mm -hmm. um, missing that interaction with kids their own age, only being with an adult for months and months and months. So I, I don't think they're behind. I, you know, I, I, I think they gained a lot being able to, if they don't have that social emotional, that those academics aren't going to happen. Right. Yeah. So, so pushing that, um, being more conscious of that being your first thing, not your maybe third or fourth thing, when you're planning something in the classroom made a big difference in our class this year. And I, it's going to be hard for me without masks. When we, if we go back to that, um, uh, because I always had to fix my face and I know I didn't do that well last year because I had a mask on. So I'm going to have to fix my face before I look out at a kid and say, Oh, Mm, they're going to know I wasn't happy with that choice they made. And so I'm going to have to fix my face first and then go, huh, how can we solve that problem? <laughs> so it's going to be harder for me. So I'm wondering to... about this. Like a couple of you mentioned families, I mean, for forced to slow down with all the activities and everything. Um, are you noticing that they're, they're yeah. rushing to pick all of that rush back up? 
or were they happy enough with the, the slowdown and the pruning back that they're- I couldn't get it to work. They're maybe looking to, to stick with that. I couldn't get that to work. Well, I I've live in a where it's a little bit more open in terms of COVID and activities. So all fall, obviously it was nice and slow. Like Julie was saying, like there was family dinners and, you know, it was great. Um, but my school, we're private school. So we are still having summer camp. And so I'm starting to see it pick up. It's, oh, Miss, you know, Miss Jen, I was at dance and Miss Jen, I went to my sister's cheerleading and they're starting to go. And so I think it'll be interesting this fall when there's Friday night lights again and they're going off to, you know, in, in Texas, football starts at five, even four. So, you know, they're going to start getting dragged around again a little bit, those threes and fours and not, and they're not quite starting their own activities. So I think we're coming up to another interesting year and a whole nother set of game, like rules and yeah, I, I saw a sign up the other day for uh, sign up for three year old uh, soccer fall soccer league. So uh, I think we're we're heading back in that direction. Uh, not something I really sign anybody up for, but there seems to be a lot of people that enjoy it. I think uh, we're coming up on half an hour here. Um, I, I think one thing we got to remember with all of this, and it sounds like most kids, although there have been some challenging places, it sounds like most of the kids are are coming through this okay. And I think that's something we need to remember that we humans are, are incredibly resilient. Um, I've, I've spent most of my summer listening to audiobooks uh, revolving around World War II because I'm an old guy. Apparently that's what old guys do. Um, and, and some of that has touched on, you know, how resilient the, the young people that lived through that, that uh, I mean, in some parts of the world, it was just about a decade long, long uh, horror um, and came out okay on the other side. And, and as far as, even as far as human pandemics go, this has been pretty chillax compared to stuff that was going on hundreds of years ago when we didn't have Zoom and things like that. And, and kids survived and thrived through that. And, and they're going to do that with this, although there are going to be, I mean, there are going to be those horror stories about parents overdosing and those kind of things. But in the grand scheme of things, um, everybody's going to, not everybody, most of them are going to come out on the other side okay, and the, the species will continue humaning, I guess. Or or not? Or, is that right? Or where? Huh? Something like that. Something like that. We're going to pull out stronger. Yeah. We're, re we're resilient creatures. It might look a little different, but I think we're it'll be for the better in the long yeah. run. Anybody else have any other final thoughts before we wrap it up? All right, well, let's pull the plug. This has been the Child Care Bar and Grill, episode 732. It's a lot of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Share the show with a friend or an enemy. Just share the show. Back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 You guys Bye. were awesome. You guys were awesome. Thank you. It's so weird to not have the outro music after that. <laughs>
This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.